Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Automation Morning Show for Monday, August 7th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney, and this is my live stream where I go through all of the updated news on industrial automation products and happenings that uh, are of interest for today. So with that said, let me go ahead and I want to just say something here because I always forget. Let me just go ahead and mute my uh, microphone here. Um, I uh, wanted to talk about, so everything's so small, it's so hard to see. All right, there we go. So in any case, I wanted to talk about why my image is on the um, left side, I guess, of the screen. Um, and it's because a great one of our great viewers, uh, Phil, said that, hey, with the LinkedIn app, there's a big red X over my face. So uh, if anybody out there is watching on some other app and I am now blocked because I'm on the left-hand side of the screen, not the right-hand side of the screen, let me know. But I did this thanks to uh, Phil's great uh, feedback about the LinkedIn app on uh, for mobile devices. So in any case, with that said, let's go ahead and uh, get started here. And I want to stop by thanking theautomationschool.com for um, sponsoring today's show. So if you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. With that, our first news story is a press release from Festo. Now, if you're not aware, companies like Festo and SMC, they're really big in the education. They build these beautiful educational training systems for colleges. And uh, this is an article, we've covered this in the, in well, several months ago we covered this on the show. And, um, but this is an article about Sinclair Community College. Now this is in uh, Mason, Ohio, I think, or Manson, Ohio, in uh, Mason, Ohio. And uh, it talks about a 20 credit program, mechatronics program, where you get to use, you know, not only pneumatics, but PLCs, HMIs, and so on. So if you're in that area, this may be something to consider for your kids or grandkids. They also had some, um, um, or yourself, if you're a younger folk and you're just getting started off. Um, they also quoted some interesting uh, stats from the Bureau of Labor. They said about every year, 11,000 electrical and electronic engineering technicians are, uh, are needed. And they say the median salary is about 63000 I, I think that's more towards the lower end of the, uh, of the age of these type of engineers. I think it's probably double that once you get into the 20, 30-year engineer, right? Especially depending on where you live, you know, it will depend on what the salaries are. But in any case, very interesting article. Congrats to Sinclair Community College for really stepping up the game and teaching some high-tech stuff. Now, if you're with a community college or um, any kind of educational institution and you want us to spotlight what you're doing, just uh, get in touch with us. Um, with that, we'll go over to our first product announcement of the day, and this is from PNF. We actually have two from them. And uh, this one's about their affordable, their low-cost photo eyes, right? And uh, these come in five different types. So this is the R202 series cubic photoelectric sensors. And, excuse me, <clears throat> they come in five different versions, through beam, retroreflective, retroreflective with clear object detection, diffuse mode, and diffuse mode with background suppression. So pretty good range of products there. This is also interesting that I don't mention IOLink anywhere in the article, but uh, they do mention that these can be powered with AC or DC. So you don't see a lot of photo eyes that can be powered with AC, right? Typically you're thinking 24 volts DC. But in any case, uh, that was the first new product announcement I saw over at PNF. The second one was about their high frequency RFID uh, readers and writers, right? And so these are based on the 13.56 megahertz range. And that is in accordance with ISO 15693. 
and uh, they go through the different products. And I mean, at, the reader can read like up to 20 device, 20 tags at one time, which I thought was really cool. And, um, you know, it's good up to 30 centimeters, depending on which one you get. So that's, that's fairly good distance. You don't have to be right on top of it like you would a, a proximity sensor. And in any case, so they go through this, it's IP67 minus 25C to plus 70C, and they go through all the specs in this article. I did want to bring up the fact, though, that back in Podcast 112, we had RC on from PNF to talk about their RFID technology, just the basics of it, and their product line. So if you want to learn more, you know, that kind of what's your interest, check out this uh, podcast. RC is one of our great guests who comes on every couple of months and talks about products and technology. So that is uh, the title of that podcast is RFID Technology and Products, and it's uh, podcast 112. From there, we go over to a new article, really a, a landing page for safety light curtains at Pills, and they talk about finger protection. A lot of times when we're thinking about, um, you know, safety light curtains, we're thinking... Um, you know, protecting bodies or arms, but this is actually talking about protecting uh, fingers as well. And there's a lot of information on this page. They talk about uh, the different products they have. They have a link to their safety calculator, which we've covered previously. They have uh, more, uh, they have a video on their safety light curtains and so on. So if you're interested, check that out. From there, we go into our featured pr uh, product of the day. This is uh, Mastering Logic Applications with PLC Logics 5000. Um, I'm always constantly looking for ways that my students can learn more, you know, and practice what they're doing. A lot of times, like a control logics in the software, I mean, a control logics even uses could cost you a couple grand, right? And then the software, they'll even lease it, is going to be three or four grand a year. So what I liked about PLC Logics 5000 is that for $300, it not only simulates RS Logics 5000, Studio 5000, it simulates a rack of I.O., but it also simulates several applications. And in Mastering Logics Applications with PLC Logics 5000, what I do is I go through and I solve several of those applications with you. I, I show you how to use the software first, and then I go through and I solve the air compressor, the car wash, the garage door, the uh, silo where you have boxes coming down the conveyor and you have to fill the different boxes up to different heights, and the tank. In the future, I hope to do the, uh, the car, the streetlight one, but uh, most computers, that's not going to run. It's very uh, CPU intensive, so, uh, but I do plan on adding that in the future. In any case, I think my favorite is the silo and the batching. Two great applications. But again, it comes with uh, a, 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 what they call an I.O. world that's just like a trainer, right? So you can just do whatever you want with it, right? You don't have to solve any application. You can just try different code out. So really cool. And uh, this course by itself is $39. But if you want to buy a full license, that full license of PLC Logics is typically $300. You can buy it from us for the same price and get the course for free. So um, we are an official reseller of PLC Logics 5000. And with that, I want to go over to an article from A3. This is the Association for Advancing Automation. And um, this actually article was submitted by the good folks over at Antera. And um, it's another article about network address translation. And I thought it was different enough from the last one we mentioned last week to recommend it. So if you haven't used network address translation, you really should learn about it because our networks on the plant floor are getting more complicated, right? We're getting more and more subnets. Um, additionally, if you have any junior people on your staff, it'd be a great article for them to read. They did take a, talked about it a little bit differently than the last article, I thought, and so I wanted to recommend it. There's some great shots down here as well. Um, from there, we go over to another article at A3, also submitted by Antero, and this talks about agritech or agricultural technology comes of age. They're starting to catch up to the plant floor and industrial automation. 
And I thought it was very interesting and a light read that you might enjoy. But, uh, you know, using the sensors to see how uh, plants are uh, going and see how, you know, the moisture in the soil and all these things. You know, we typically use sensors to, on our machines and on our facilities, but they're using it to check out the crops and check out the soil and check out the air. And, um, you know, doing ro and, and a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, wireless technologies because you're not going to hook up a cable to a uh, automated tractor, right? And so um, we did actually have a freelancer who I thought did a great job over at the automation blog talking about the same topic. The title of that article is Agriculture Automation, Trends You Need to Know About. And um, from there, we also have uh, a full-blown podcast with Antera talking about all their products, not just their wireless products. And that is a podcast 136, and it's entitled Industrial Ethernet Switches from Antera. Now, from there, we go over to Aviva. They had an interesting article this morning. The title of it is Predict Future Performance to Make Better Decisions Today. Now, if you are an Aviva user, let's say you use an InTouch, right? Um, but you're not using Pi, and you're not using maybe their um, predictive analytics or their process simulation, you may want to check out this article. They make a pretty good case for their, their suite of software and how using these different uh, packages can really help, you know, step up the product, your production and efficiency in your plant. So um, I've never used those products, but, well, Pi, everybody knows what Pi is, OSI Pi, right? But uh, as far as, it just seemed like some very interesting articles. I got I to find some time to reach out to Aviva and try to get them on the podcast to talk about them. From there, we go over to SME. Now, this is the Society for Manufacturing Engineers, right? So a lot of uh, um, controls engineers would be able to fit in this bucket because they work in manufacturing. So in any case, um, this is an article about reverse engineering obsolete pots with 3D scanning. Now, you know, it's great to be able to have a 3D scanner to, um, you know, take apart. Maybe the company went out of business and you need to get a replacement. It's mission critical and have a 3D scanner to scan that or send it off to a service that does that. But what I think makes this interesting is the new breed of industrial 3D printers. So not only can you now scan something in, but in many cases, not all applications, but with some applications, you can actually 3D print out the replacement part, right? And again, you don't have to have that printer on staff. There are people who do that uh, professionally, right? There are people who do professional grade um, 3D printing. So um, really can get you out of a jam because a lot of times it would be very expensive just to fabricate a one-off. This should bring the price down substantially. Now, um, the other thing I thought was interesting about this was um, that um, you can see there's a lot of different articles up here. I don't cover all of them because not all of them uh, apply directly to automation, you know, a lot of manufacturing stuff, but definitely a good place to check out if you're looking for uh, new articles. From there, we go over to WWT, and um, this the name of this article is the Device Trust, the Future of Security. And it brings up a really good point, and the reason I included it in here is because I think it's a concept a lot of us have to think about, you know, as far as access to our OT networks. Now, if you think about it, right, you're going to trust a device that is owned by the company, that's managed by IT, and that only has the apps and authority for the users that IT sets up. You're going to trust that a lot more than maybe somebody who brings their phone to work, which I think we all do, right? And, you know, who knows? That person could have been at a coffee shop earlier in the morning and somebody, you know, could have hacked into their phone and loaded some malware, and they unsuspectedly bring it into your plant. So these levels of trust, I think this is an important concept that we all need to be aware of that we need to have different levels of trust for, you know, those devices that the company owns and those devices that are brought to work, especially when it comes to our control systems, right, and our OT networks. So I wanted to share that with you this morning because I thought that was a very important topic that we need to, we all need to be aware of. From there, we go over to the digital newsstand. I was surprised this came out already. 
Um, usually these come out towards the end of the month, but this is the August edition of the Automation Direct newsletter. And in it, they're talking about um, distributed automation with On Machine I.O. They're talking about um, preventing accidents with proper planning. They're, uh, they're also highlighting their IEC and compact limit switches, their safety switches, and their cabling options. They offer cable for control, uh, for control systems, you know, for uh, field buses and I.O. link cable and uh, so much more that we've, we've covered in previous episodes. But if you're looking for an electronic newsletter, it's one of the more uh, standard ones that come out on a, on a regular basis, and there's usually some good articles in it. From there, we go over back to A3. This is for our video of the day, and I thought this was interesting. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and play the video. I got the, I got the uh, volume turned off. But in any case, what we see here, we see robots doing pick and place on chicken breasts, right? So I think we've all seen whether they're Scarra robots or whether they're uh, Delta robots used in pick and place applications. You know, maybe they're packages of Twinkies or cookies or whatever, and they have to pick them up and rotate them so they all go in the box the same way. Well, this application added a new um, wrinkle because every chicken breast is a different size, right? They're not conformed. They're not made out in, a, in, a, in an injection mold, right? They're actually living beings that are, are, uh, are you know, give us the chicken breast. So in any case, so this, I thought this application was very interesting because it needs to kind of find the size of each chicken breast and uh, not only its orientation, but the size as well. You'll see they even have a dumpy here at the bottom to flip it over if it's upside down, if they want to flip it over. And then it packages in the box. You know, every other one has to be uh, a position different, different way. So I, I thought it was a very interesting video and application and I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to events. And this is the first uh, public event I've saw of interest from ARC. Um, this is a, talking about additive manufacturing, so 3D printing, right? And it talks about production scale, lowering costs, eliminating waste. And this is scheduled for August 9th at 11 a.m. ET. And of course, the link to this and everything will be at automate.news later today. Uh, from there, we have another uh, event, and this one is from Obviously MDT. And this is entitled, let's see, Unifying IT and OT, Maximizing Efficiency in the Digital Age. And this particular event is on August 24th at 10 a.m. Eastern. So those are two new events you may want to check out. And from there, as far as product updates, I only ran into one. And this was a uh, one of interest anyways, was for WinCC 7.5 SP2. So if you're using WinCC, you may want to check that out. And uh, as far as uh, literature, now this one's kind of weird because you see I have to click on it to pull it up in this uh, pop-up. Um, the first one is applica application techniques for centerline low voltage motor control centers from Alan Bradley, and it talks about functional safety. And the other one was a new manual on the Alan Bradley Intellivac contactor control module series F. From there, if you think I missed any news today, please use the link over on the website to submit a news tip and or just submit some feedback. You can do that as well. And uh, I do want to thank our sponsor today, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please tell them to check out theautomationschool.com. And with that, just a reminder, you can join our community for $2 a month over at automation.locals.com. I'm hoping to do a live stream, a members-only live stream tomorrow. And uh, also want to remind you that while all 1,500 videos and articles over at theautomationblog.com are completely free, uh, we do offer offline collections for those of you who want to support our work. We have an ebook on control logics, on compact logics, and we have a bunch of different video collections you can purchase. We also offer at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop, 
we offer all kinds of coffee cups and t-shirts. So if you don't have enough coffee cups, right, or t-shirts, check out theautomationblog.com forward slash shop and support independent, independent, independent industrial automation journalism. From there, we go over to automate.news, no www, no.com, just automate.news. This is where you'll find every single link I've covered in all 80 some odd episodes this year of the Automation Morning Show. And so there's literally thousands of links up on this site. And each link just takes you directly to that article. There's no ad in between, right? And so you can see all the ones from Friday here, including the link to Friday's show and the weekend show, which is just a compilation of all the shows from the week. I think it's August 1st, is that Thursday show? I don't remember. But in any case, um, that is uh, automate.news. You'll find everything there. And uh, you can actually sort the links by type. Eventually we'll add sorting by vendor. So in any case with that, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Automation Morning Show. Really appreciate you guys. Feel free to send in any feedback or uh, notices. And again, thanks to Phil about where the camera was located on the LinkedIn app. Really appreciate that. What a great guy. And uh, I just want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace. <laughs>